the Ken Crowther Gardening Podcast, answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex. Hello and welcome to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, which you can download for free on the BBC Essex website. That's bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. As well as answering your gardening question on all things from moving cypress trees, avocado bushes or trees, I don't know what they are really, and pruning roses, we'll also bring you some top tips of things you can be getting on with in the garden. Plus, Plant of the Week feature, all exclusive to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. The Ken Crowther Gardening Podcast, answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex. Let's start then with this week's Plant of the Week, which is, yes, Forsythia. Now, I always remember going to a meeting where there were lots of designers there, and they were very rude about Forsythia, and I resented the fact, because at this time of the year, what better display can you have than a huge splash of yellow in your garden? It means that spring is here. That and the daffodils, what more do you want? Forsythia is absolutely fantastic. It shows yellow flowers all the way up its stem. It was named, interestingly, after a guy called William Forsyth. Um, And surprisingly to know that it's actually a relative of the olive tree, which is difficult to believe. There's about 11 species now. They, um, a lot of them are from Eastern Asia. And and it's sometimes called the Easter tree because, I suppose, because it flowers this sort of month and ends up flowering around Easter. The most common one is Forsythia intermedia. There's lots of others. Linwood Gold is a good old favourite. That's what we had in my dad's garden. And there's Suspensa, which you can use on walls. It's a sort of uh, bendy one. It's a bit, well, it's a bit like a climber, but it's not. It hangs very low, and you can train that against a wall, and it can look very, very attractive at all. And I have used, seen it used as a sort of hedge as well. You just let it curve itself down and you just trim it off each year anyway how do you prune them well i'll tell you how you prune them you prune them hard after flowering if you've let it grow to about eight foot high don't be afraid cut half the stems down to about six inches from the ground and they will really flower ever so well indeed on that new wood that is that is produced interestingly talking of the flower it's also said that the flower produces lactose which actually isn't produced on hardly any flowers. But it's said, maybe not a proven fact, but it is said to that. Forsythia, as I said at the beginning of what I was saying about Plant of the Week, it is the sign of spring. Bright yellow. Hits you in the face. Go out and buy one. Don't be afraid of what those silly designers said to me years ago, that it isn't a modern plant. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's not too old to become new again. Come on, Forsythia, get out there, plant one, and enjoy that lovely colour. Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Still to come on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, I'll be bringing you some top tips on things we can be doing in the garden this week. But let's now hear what you've called us about. And we start with John in Braintree. Good morning, Ken. How are we doing? young hedge, about three years old. Yep. And Ligastrum ovilifolium aureum. Very nice too. Basically, it's a golden golden privet, yes? Yes, it is. 
Yep. It's about five feet high, but it's very stringy at the top, and it's, there seems to be um, plenty of growth down below. Can I uh, cut it off halfway down or something? Yeah, do you know what's interesting is that you're what's fascinating is that most people would be ringing up saying it's bare at the ground, it's bare at the bottom and uh, full at the top, and you're you're around the other way. So the answer is yes, you can because you would do the same if it was um, you know thin at the bottom. You would cut it hard back, encourage it to regrow, and then it would produce growth higher up you know produce a mass down below which would then climb higher um how is five foot high you said five feet we're looking for seven feet out of it you know you're trying to get it to seven feet yeah, yeah. right i what i would do is cut it's five foot it's five foot now and you're trying to get it to seven i would cut some of them back go through it and cut half of the stems back hard yeah mm-hmm. yep. uh in other words cut a couple of good couple of feet off them would that take it down to where the thicker growth is Yes, it would, yeah. And then let those produce and then see how, see how they grow. See if they can produce a bit more solid wood and then go through and cut the other ones out. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, give it a good feed. You're getting into the month where we've got warmer weather now. Um, well, warmer weather at this moment, but it's, it's a lovely warmish week we've had this week. It's 12 degrees outside today. It's not a bad time to think about giving some good basic feed. So that's something else that I would do at the same time, and that way you'd encourage good growth as well. Don't use anything with too much nitrogen, but something mm-hmm. like a grow more, blood, fish and bone, something like that would yeah. go into the ground yeah. and that would make it grow. All right? Okay, Ken. Many thanks for that. Okay, John. No problem at all. He's growing a ligustrum, which, of course, is a privet. It's that golden one, which is rather attractive. Let's talk now to Maureen. Hello, Maureen. Hello. Um, I've got an avocado pear. Yes. Stone. And it's, I'm growing it. It's, the, it's nine inches tall. Right. It's in a three-inch pot. And I've got another one coming out, and that's six, six inches. Do I need to pot it into a bigger pot? Right. Um, not. <clears throat> it's not that high yet. You could leave it in that pot for a little while. You could get it, let it get pot bound. Now, have you ever grown avocados before? Have you tried? I've tried, and they've died. But this right. one, I've managed to keep. <laughs> right. Now you realise you were not going to get avocados. You're just growing oh, no. it as a. For a bit of fun and a plant, aren't you? Yeah. Yes. Well, I think they're quite an attractive plant, but the biggest problem with avocados is that they they want to just grow, keep growing upright, and don't want to actually be they don't want to grow sideways at all. So what you have to do is, even at the lung, young stage that they are, I would nip out the top of it. You're saying it's oh. six six inches high. But no, it, the, the, it, one of them's nine. It's got two out of one stone. Right. One of them's nine inches high, and the yep. other one is six inches high. Now, if you want a bushy plant, you take the tips out even at this stage. Right. You just pinch the tip out with your nail, your thumb, and your first finger. Yeah. And hopefully, it will branch from some of the uh, the leaf axles where the leaves are lower down. Because if not, it'll just grow up and up and up and up, and they're a bit of a job to make them to side branch. Oh. So, and no, it doesn't need to go into a bigger pot. No, yet. let it get pot bound and then pop it into a, perhaps a five or six inch pot in about, yeah, ooh, coming into the early summer, not spring, early summer. Yeah, it's been in the pot since last year. That'll be I'm all right. Very, uh, That'll be uh, all right. No problem at all. All right. Uh, and what, what and have you got it in? What compost do you got it in? 
or just an ordinary compost. That's all right. Multi-purpose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's um, right. Do I feed it? Not yeah. yet. Not yet. Give it a good feed at the end of this month going into April. Yeah? That with the tomato feed? No, I wouldn't give it tomato oh. feed. I'd give it a general fertiliser because you want it to grow green parts as well as um, you don't want it to... F it won't produce fruit. Therefore, a tomato food is, is for encouraging flower and fruit and you're really just trying to make it grow. Oh, right. Thank you very much. That's all right, Maureen. Thank you for your Thank call. You. 0300 200 4041. That's the number that uh, everybody's calling on. And let's give you that number again. That's 0300 200 4041. And Helen in Rayleigh and then Bernie in Colchester. And I've said we haven't forgotten Fitz in Thorpe Bay. And Janet's got a question as well. So let's deal with Helen in Rayleigh. Hello, Helen. Oh. Hello, good morning. Hi there. I, I've got a cypress tree. Now, yeah. this cypress tree is seven and a half years old, and I've planted it in the wrong place in the garden. Mm. And last year, I took the chopped the top off, right? Yeah. But I have realised that I, I don't want to do that. I want to shift it. Please don't tell me it can't be shifted. Well, no. I will do my <clears> utmost <throat> to dig. Well, then I won't, I won't tell you it can't be <laughs> The biggest... <laughs> biggest problem you're going to have is that it's going to have quite a large root. I mean, it's seven and a half yeah. years old. It will have established itself really well, yeah. which means that you've got to... I mean, how, how, how what's the trunk like? Um, I don't really know because I don't you know. You can't see into it, can you? You can't see into it. But it's, but about, it, it's about five foot six tall, right? Yeah. It's, it's my height at the and moment. How, how far across? About two and a half, three foot? No, no, it's not as much as that. Not as much as no. that, right? Okay. No. Right. What you what you need to do is dig round it, but come away from where where the where the um, the, the growth is. You need mm. to come away about another foot. Yeah. And then you need to dig right round it. You mm. dig dig right round it, and then underneath it. But you've got to go. You've got to go deep. You've got yeah. to go more than a spade depth down. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then get someone to help you pull it out and lay it onto some polythene, mm. dig your hole where it's going, and then drag the polythene all the way across. And what you do is you you put it – you don't take it off the polythene. You put the whole polythene in the, in the hole with it, get yeah. some good compost and add it to the surrounding soil. Then you pull the polythene away. And that way you disturb the roots as little as possible. Right. Now – the other thing is there is a slight risk. I, I can't pretend there isn't. There is a risk. And then the other thing that's really important that you've got to do, you've got to stake it. Yeah. Now, you stake yeah. it by putting a stake in at 45 degrees to the plant mm. and then get a tree tie and see that you don't rub the stake against the branches. Just put a, It's a figure of eight tree tie, and that way you'll hold it from blowing over. If not, it will blow over. Right. Now, I... The the uh, the tree is covered in little weeny, and I do mean weeny little, what appear to be cones. Yeah, right? they're they're the flower and the fruit, which is a in theory it's a cone. It's like yeah, a little has cone. That, has that come about because I've cut the top off no, last year? It's normal. It's oh. normal. It will do that normally. Right. So no when can I shift this? Now. All oh, right. Well, thank you. Now so you've got you've got about a month to do it. Yeah. All right. Mm. 
but be careful with it. And Helen, come back to us and let us know how you get on you and did. how big how big a route you got out. You need yeah. a bit of you need a bit of bit of muscle there to get it out yes, though. Because I, I know, I know, I can. I, I quite um, uh, you know thought that you know it's not yeah. going to be an easy job. It won't I be at all. Want, I don't want to. I don't want to lose it. Okay, okay then, okay. Helen. All, all right. right. Thanks for your call. Keep Thank in, you. Keep in touch, Helen. Let us know how you get on with that cypress tree that you want to dig out. And we're going to Bernie in Colchester. Hello, Bernie. Hello, Ken. How are you doing? We're all right. What about yourself? I'm all right. Yeah, what I've done, I bought my daughter, she's eight years old, a, a Christmas tree at Christmas. It was yep. put in a front garden, one that's in a pot, that one, that you, obviously, that you can grow. Yes. Um... What, 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 what's the best thing I'll do? Do I repot it? What's the best right. thing? Do I feed so, it? Right. Um, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. In the ground? <laughs> right. It's, <laughs> it's in a pot at the moment. Yes, yeah, still? Yeah. yeah how, how big? How big's the tree and how big's the pot? Uh, the pot is about an eight-inch pot and right. eight, nine-inch pot. And the, the tree is about the same size as my daughter, who's eight years old. So I would say... Just under four foot, something like that. A bit right. less than four foot. Three okay. Foot. And it is it was definitely a tree that was growing in a pot. It wasn't a tree that was pushed into a pot. Did you ask no, or not? I didn't ask. I mean it was bought from a big um Yeah, you can't you can't you can't tell. You can't tell. It's just no. they they do sometimes ram a rooted tree into a pot. I think your pot is too small for the size of tree. You want to go up to something that's about 15 or 18 inches across and about a foot deep. Use a a John in his compost for it. And you you will be better to do it now. But be careful. What you need to do is put a bit of compost in the bottom and then over the top of the pot, ease the pot away and allow the plant to just go straight in. Don't do it anywhere else because you'll lose all the soil that's around the root of the tree. Plant yeah, it to the it. same height that it, you know, the soil height that it is now, and yeah. give it a damn good water. But don't keep watering it. Give it a damn good water when you water it, and then yeah. watch for it to grow. Don't start feeding until you see a little bit of new growth. Right. Okay. Lovely. All right. All right. Thanks, King. Okay, Bernie. That's fine. All the best. All the best, uh, The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Back to your gardening questions in a moment, but right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, we've got some top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden this week. Top dressing containers. Those container plants, I'm not talking about where you put bedding in, I'm talking about plants that you might have had in there for ages. Rhododendrons, you might have had aces. It's a great time to just pull off about an inch of the compost. And okay, sometimes the roots are all caught into it. Well, if they are, just use um, use something like um, a weed knife and just go through those roots. You won't hurt them. Be gentle. Pull off some of that compost and then top it up. Now, I would top up, depending on which plants you've got or what plants are there, I would generally use John Innes number three. However, if you've got ericaceous plants, see that you're using a good ericaceous compost. And that inch of compost will add some nutrient to it. Then all you've got to do is add um, something like a slow-release fertiliser as well in about a couple of weeks' time, and your plants will be looked after. They are. There's something you could be doing. If your garden has dried out enough, and I do mean 
if it has dried enough. Don't go onto the beds if they're all gooey, but if they are, you could lift and divide some of those perennial plants. They're just starting to show leaf at the moment, and it's a great time to dig up the clumps, pull them apart, or cut them apart. That's what I do. I just go through with a knife and cut those herbaceous plants up and then replant them into groups. But when you replant, add some good compost to it as well. Dig that into the surface. You can use your own compost or buy some ready-made compost that you can dig into the ground and then plant them back in. Plumbing groups of threes and fives. You've got a much better impression than just planting odd single perennials. Perennials are worth digging up about every three to five years and you'll get much better results from them. So they are. We'll have more top tips for you in the next seven days later on in the podcast. The Ken Crowther Gardening Podcast. Answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex. John in Colchester. Hello, John. Good morning, sir. What can I do for you, John? How do you start avocados off? I've, I was told <clears> you put cocktail sticks in it and leave it over glass of water but I've never had success. Funny enough that's how I I nearly said that's how I do it because it is how I do it that's the usual way that I have done it however there's nothing wrong with actually planting the avocado into compost and putting it on a windowsill It's just I've got a couple here for the granddaughters and uh, something for them to do they're good fun. They are fun. I mean, the cocktail stick method, but you've never have been successful with that at all? No. It's funny, isn't it? I but, mean... You know, I don't know what I've got it. I don't think do I've you got think... it upside down because you, it's the no. bulb bit at the bottom and the pointed bit at the top, isn't it? Yeah. Did you actually have it in water? Was it touching oh. the water? I had it sort of... You could uh, just... The little... But underneath, that's what I was told. Yeah, normally, I mean, I don't actually touch the water with them normally, and, and it, because the root is looking for water, it will send its root out first, and then the and then the top comes out. But try it in compost. Try it in a good potting compost. Keep it moist, not wet. Let it dry out, then water it, and I think you'll find you can get them going. Oh, okay, that'll do fine. All right, Joe. Let us know how you get on because we'd like to hear. It's nice that you're doing that, you know, for children to play with because I think there's nothing better than seeing children watch something grow, is it? Well, we did uh, runner beans last year and they like uh, avocados, but I know we can't eat them because they don't fruit. No. It's just a bit of fun. Yeah, you'll have to grow bananas as well. You could grow a banana tree, couldn't you, on the patio? How about that for an idea for you? I hadn't thought of that. What, do you let the banana ripen right off? No, that, well, you're lucky if you get bananas again, but they can see the bananas forming. You can get some quite hardy varieties of banana now. They'll no, die I back... Mean, sorry, the, to get the seed. No, no, you can't do it from seed. You've got to buy it from a plant. But it might be a plant that's worth growing for children because it's fun. Yeah. And they can see it. They can see what it looks like as a leaf. And then yeah. sometimes you'll get a little flower and, and just a bunch of possibly a very small banana if you're lucky. All right. Uh, it's no, I mean, they grow crests in potatoes yep. and all that sort of thing. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, now, it's and if you've got if you've got an airing cupboard, you can grow the uh, you could grow the salad the salad one yeah. that you put in a jar and you just turn it round. You can actually eat that as well. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, Look, you know, anything for the girls. Yeah, good one, John. Nice, to, nice to hear you're encouraging youngsters to grow things. That's what it should all be about. I'll tell you what, Fitz. 
After Eve, you're next. Uh, Eve from Harlow, you've called us, haven't you, about rubber plants? Is that right, Eve? Yes, um, I've got a rubber plant that um, in the middle of it, um, there are about four leaves that are dying. Um, I'd like to take them off, but um, what do I put round them to stop the gum coming out? Right, okay. Um, so you say they're dying. Have they gone yellow? Yes. If they go yellow, don't touch them. They'll drop off. Oh, right. Don't pull them off. If you bounce them, you know how we tell people to pick apples and you hold it in your hand, you just lift it slightly and it will come off in your hand if it's ripe? A dead uh -huh. rubber plant leaf will do the same. If you're happy to put up with it looking yellow, it will drop off on its own. But otherwise, what can I do if, if well, I don't want to leave it? You don't want to leave it. The only thing you can put on it, which is what I used to do when I uh, was an apprentice, because I worked with rubber plants in those days, is use charcoal. You know the charcoal, not the charcoal you cook with, the charcoal you draw with? No. You crunch the charcoal up, get charcoal sticks or charcoal, you crunch it up into a powder and you dab it onto where the bleeding is. Right, so I would get that at the garden centre, would I? Yeah, or if it's cheaper to go to an art shop and just buy a couple of sticks of charcoal if they're selling it. Oh, lovely. Thank you very you, much Because some help. people still draw with charcoal, so that's why. And if it bleeds a lot, you just put a, a thick... Sounds daft. You know that thin bandage that's got you can see through? Uh-huh. That you might bind up over over a wound... On, yes. Underneath, you put your charcoal on and then just cut a square of that and stick that on over the top as well. Oh, that's a good idea. All right. Lovely. Yeah, thank you very much for your help. That's a pleasure. Right. A number to call is 0300 200 4041. That's the number to call. And I promise to talk about Fitz's question. Fitz is in Thorpe Bay. He said last June, during the hot sunny weather, we returned from holiday to find out Monada which were glorious when we left, had developed powdery mildew. We attempted to deal with it to no avail, so cut the monado down to the ground. Is it worth giving them another try, or should we replace them with something different? Right, now, last summer there was a lot of mildew around, and you, you can... It's an interesting fact that you can treat um, mildews as much as you like, but once the mildew is there, it will not disappear. You won't get rid of it by spraying it. All you'll do is hopefully encourage the new growth to. So what actually is better to do is just what you've done, and that is that you uh, you cut it down to the ground, and then you would treat the new uh, growth. So as it grows this year, you treat it early on with a good a fungicide, and hopefully you should be okay. That's Fitz in Thorpe Bay. Don't give up on Monada. Monada comes in glorious colours. It's a lovely daisy-like flower and it looks really good. So that's the one. Grow it, enjoy it and spray it. So they are. I'll talk to you about what Janet's question is in just a little while, but I'm going back to the phones on 0300 200 4041. That's the number to call. That's 0300 200 4041. You can message me straight away in the studio as well. And all you have to do is type to... 81333 Pop Essex on the front. I am now going to talk to Joyce. And she's in, West, in Westcliff, aren't you, Joyce? Yes, hello. Hello um, there. I've, I've, I've got 
beautiful orchids, but I've suddenly got lots of little bugs on them and the leaves are all sticky. Now, I spray the leaves with orchid spray, mm-hmm. but I've been getting these little bugs off with cotton wool buds and things. But how do I treat it? Can you help me? Right. Um, now, are these bugs crawling about? They're not on the soil. No, no, they're, they're... Stuck, they're stuck on the petals. On the petals or the leaf? No, just on the petals. They're not on the on leaf. On the petals, they're not on yeah. the leaf. Well, no, you've got some sort of aphid if they're, and you said, where's the stickiness on the on the on the flower as well? Yeah, it's on. It's not on the leaves. It's on the flowers. It's on, and they they're a job to get off, and they're like little greeny, not. horrible, sticky little things. Right, you've got an aphid of some sort, um, and you've been using what's the orchid spray? Is it an orchid bug it's an spray? Orchid, it's an orchid leaf spray, and it says to spray it. Oh. Me, to spray it once a week, yeah. which I've been doing, and um, but it's, I mean, the leaves are shining, they're beautiful. No, I right, to, I think I you've just, got the yeah, I don't think that's doing the job. What you need is an indoor bug spray, basically. There are some on the market, yeah, you need an indoor spray for insects and aphids, yeah, and you can get that. They're contact sprays, so they're very safe, and all you do is. I, I used to when I sprayed things because it smells sometimes a bit. I used to take small, yeah. take the house plant to the back door, spray it by the back door or a window that's open. You won't yeah. hurt it. Let the spray disappear into the ether. It's sufficient because it's a contact spray. It will be on the flower and then you can bring it back in. Yeah. I imagine you're getting a stickiness on the on the surface where it's standing as well. Are you? Um, no, not so much, no. That's I've got good. them on the window. I've got, there's nine of them on the window and they're all different different heights and sizes and but, they're beautiful. But you'll get it spread. If you are not, if you don't control it, it's going to move along, isn't it, yeah, to the other yeah, ones? Yeah, but it has. I said I've had it right. on all of them, yeah. yeah. Get a ha- good yeah. houseplant spray for insects and that should sort it out, Joyce. Yeah. How often should I change the soil that they're in? You should not change the soil at all because it isn't soil, it's just... Yeah, well, I've got some of that stuff that we've topped it up with. Is that the thing to do? All you have to do, that's all you have to do, is is top it up and then keep it well watered. And obviously you're doing quite well uh, because, you know, you've got nine of them on the window still. So you're doing well. All right? Yes. Right, thank you very much. Have a go and let us know how you get on because we like to have good results as well as bad. Okay. Thank you. Give us a call now on 0300 200 4041. That's the number to call. Peter and Lee. Hello, Peter. Good morning, Kayla. Um, I wonder if you can give me a, some advice. I've got a rose. Uh, it's a. It's been there for thirty odd years. Right. It's a climbing rose out the front of the house. Yep. And I keep getting all the flowers at the very top. Yep. Now I've been cutting. I've cut it back every year quite a bit, but I still don't get anything near the bottom. Now is the answer to keep cutting it back? Right, okay. Have you got any new growth showing from the bottom at all? Very little. You get the odd one now and again. How many stems have you got at the bottom? Oh. Five? Oh, at least five, yes. And they're coming from the base? They're coming, no, well, they're so old now, they're... They're coming off from the old, some of the old uh, branches. So, if right, let's think of this rose. It's got an old stumpy growth. It yep. comes up. How That's high before? How high before it branches? Six inches, a foot. What's it doing? Uh, or before it? Oh, it, it's just just no, roughly. It, 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 the whole thing is it goes up at about 
15 feet. No, 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 no. I'm trying to find out where the branches start from. Ah, well, they vet, yes, I suppose within the... First foot? First, no, no, a bit further further up than that. Um, Okay. First three feet. Yeah, about three feet up, I think. Uh, And below that, there's only what? One or two stems? Just real rough. No, I don't Um, care how rough... No, I'm not caring how rough it is. How many stems you've got at the base, even if they're Uh, very old? There must be about five there. Five. Okay. Mm. Now, I want you to be really brutal. If you've got five, I want you to cut two of them down to nine inches. Now, don't worry that you're looking for a bud because you're lucky if you'll see a bud. Cut them down to nine inches. Now, you're taking a bit of a chance, and then slowly work up that branch, just cutting that old growth and get rid of it, yeah? Yeah. Do you you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then what should happen, there is a chance, because it's a 30-year-old rose, but I have done it to 30-year-old roses, you should get new growth from those two stems that you've cut down to nine inches. Yeah. And then... And then you can train those new ones in and yeah. cut out your older ones, and then next year you do the same to the other ones. Oh, I see. I see. So you do it over a period of years. I mean, basically what you've, what you've gone wrong on is you've kept letting the top grow and not yes. gone back to the real base. You have to go back really low to encourage new growth. And then any new growth that you can find higher up, what you want to do, Peter, is... Yeah. Bend it down, and you can bend it. If you can bend the stems, if they break, well, they break and you cut them off. But if you can yeah. bend the stems right over in an arch all the way back down, is it on a fence? Well, it's on the, it's on our trellis up the wall and then going over the garage. Okay, well, some of them, if you can bend them all the way down the trellis slowly yeah. and tie them in, you'll slowly encourage new growth from a lower level. I think it's... To me, I think is well beyond that. Okay, though, I think try that... what try what I'm saying then, and reduce the other branches back down by okay. about a third. Right. Yeah. All right. Okay, okay. Right, Peter, yeah. Peter, let me know whether it branches. You will have to wait a couple of months before you get any growth out of that, at least. But let me know, Peter, because I'd love to know whether we've been successful or we failed. How about that? Well, I, I don't want to fail because it's been a beautiful rose. Yeah, that's right. But no, it's. What I'm telling you is quite a, 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 a rash thing to do, but it's the only way sometimes you can make yeah. old roses react. Okay? Okay, right, Ken. Thank you very much, Peter. Thanks a lot. Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, I have got some more tips for you. Grasses. Yep, I'm talking, not talking about the evergreen grasses. I'm talking about those that have gone brown and horrible. If the weather stays mild, which it seems to be at the moment, you can cut those hard back, nearly down to ground level, and then the new growth will start. It's worth looking for that new growth, possibly, before you cut them. I always remember when I did a television series all those years ago, and it was the first job I ever did on TV, and that was cutting grasses down at this time of the year. So they are. It's a reminder of what I did in the past, and it's a reminder of something you should be getting on with in the garden. Talking of grasses, the lawn. Yes, the lawn should be cut at this time of the year if, and that's if, it's dry enough. Do not cut it if it's, again, wet and horrible. But get out there. Cut it high. Don't cut it low. 
and see that you cut it uh, nice and evenly and don't miss any bits. If you've got lots of worm cast, brush those off first. But do keep mowing the lawn. The more you mow it at a reasonable height, the better grass will be later on. And I'll be telling you in a couple of weeks' time when you can start fertilising. Well, keep listening to the podcast as there's still more hints and tips to come. Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Let's go back to the phones. Yvonne in Kelvin. Hello, Yvonne. Hello, Ken. What you got I for me? I have an old sink outside, which I've got plants in, has been for years. When I was looking to see what was growing the other day, mm. I found clusters of little green fluorescent eggs like little balls. Although a child might have got a necklace of little beads and poured over it. No, sure they haven't. <laughs> no, they haven't. No, no. No, I would think it's a, a snail, a snail or a slug. I mean, usually they're white coloured in clusters, just yeah, as you say. A, a, a pretty green. They're a greeny colour. Yes. So what are they? Green, green, green. Because normally snail and slug are creamy yellow, aren't they? Yes. Hmm. I've Do you never know, seen. You've got me there. I actually don't know the answer. How about that? Right. Um, I wonder whether anybody else does. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I've eh? never seen them before. Right. And they were clustered together, like frog spawn sort of stuff, but green. And, and I sort of just poked them away and they just moved away and... I don't know what they are, whether they're good or bad. What do you got growing in the plant? What What's in the sink that's growing? Uh, um, all sorts of little... I keep shoving things in. Do you? Nothing, nothing particular. Nothing particular? Nothing Nothing particular at all? No, I I did put some crocuses in, but they haven't come up. This is years ago. But I've got a little um, white flower that comes up. And I don't know what it is. I've had that it grows up the hedge and everything. Pretty little thing. Mm. And you haven't you haven't put any new plants in? Of, no, of no, recent. I've done, done nothing really with it. Because often, as you know, they're um, they're often they put fertilizer in that, of yes, course, no. acts in that way. No, because that would be sort of half underground and that. Yeah. So but it's no, not... these are just on top. Um, I, I don't. Well, I haven't put anything in, but mm. I do sometimes put geraniums in during the summer and and that sort of thing, you know, or perhaps a primrose or something like that. It's difficult. I, I, you know, the only thing that I can sort of think of is vine... You see, vine weevil are creamy white as well. Ah, I know them. Yeah, they're white as well, you see, aren't yes. they? Well, I'm just going outside... I've got some... And they're, they're definitely green and not white. No. They're a yellowy... I'm picking one up. If I hold it in my hand, it's a yellowy colour. And what happens if you pinch it? Is it all gungy inside? And I've got some bluebells growing up in there. Yeah. Because I've got... Oh, that's a soft... That's a soft thing. It's very soft, as though it's got a sort of... See, it sounds to me like fertiliser, you know, a slow-release fertiliser. Yeah, no, no, I don't think so. It's not. And also there's some um, little seedlings coming from marigolds. 
I scatter them sometimes. Yeah. Ah, uh, you've got me. You've got me. But let's see if anybody else around the county has got a clue, because... There's, there's uh, a lot. There are a lot here. There are a lot there. Yes. So something's laying its eggs, and we don't quite know what it is. If it's not vine weevil, it's not slugs, it's not snails, yeah? No. Well, a, a vine weevil, I know, because yep. I've got some um, primroses yeah. in a pot. Should we, see if any, should we see if anyone else has, has come across these, shall we? Yes, please. And if not, I'll keep asking, and if I can come back to you next week with an answer, I will on the programme. That'll keep you listening, won't it, Yvonne? <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I do try and listen all the time. Good luck. Good girl. That's what we want to hear. Off the top of my head, I haven't got an answer for you. I've given you all the thil- all my thoughts, but I don't know the answer. OK? Right. Thank you, Ken. Yvonne, thank you very much for a question that I actually can't answer, but uh, they are. If uh, you know the answer, they are green green and blobs usually they're fertilizers as i have said but they're not this lady knows they're not fertilizer if you've got an idea let me know they're not vine weevil they're not slug they're not snail what else could they be they're not they're not frog i've got lost after that i can't identify let's talk to rita in no kill hello rita uh, oh hello i did speak to you before and yep. uh but i waited till march and this is coming on for the second week right my my red robin Yep. Right, I've just measured it. It's about four foot high. And, uh, well, it is full of black spots. Do I cut it right down? Right. Um, basically, what you've got is um, you've got uh, fertinia spot. It's a fungal disease that most fertinias get when they're under stress. Um, are the new, is the new growth all bright and red and cheerful? No, no. It's not? Um, they've got um i think it, so it's four foot high and uh, the high uh, top top ones that are coming out now they could be coming out red they could be coming out red the thing is if you do right you can chop it hard back they'll take it and then give it a good feed and it will grow new growth yeah but only what, half back yeah cut half yep. back now the right. old spotted leaves will drop off over a period of time because they're, yes. they're damaged. Um, you'll get new growth, but of course your new lovely red growth will come later than it would if not. Okay. Does that right. make sense? I, I'm not, you know, I would like the red growth, but... Um, well, it'll come later. It. It'll come later, so it doesn't matter. matter. Okay. Um, also... Yeah, what else what, you got? What, well, vine weaver, I've noticed I've got them in one or two of the pots. Do I destroy all the soil? What's in the pots? Well, I've got daffodils. No, no. What did you say? What What's the problem in the pot? Sorry, you, oh, I've lost you. Vine weevil. You've got vine weevil. Right. If you've got vine weevil in the pot, you, you need to get rid of the compost completely. Yep. Right. You take the plants out that are in there and rinse them off, but you need to take that vine weevil soil away from your home completely. Okay, Take it. Take it down the tip. Get rid of it. Yeah, well, I've, I have, I have, um, um, I haven't got a car, so I do have a, a green bin. Be all right to yeah. put it in there. Well, I can't tell you to do that because if you read the green bin instruction, you're not allowed to put compost or soil in. But um, if you mix it yeah. up with something else, you'll get away with it. But don't say I said so because you'll get me into <laughs> okay. trouble. All right then, Rita. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for your call. The Ken Crowther Gardening Podcast, answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex.
Is it the right time to move a small hardy fuchsia? I would wait until April, Janet. Purely because they, they've just started into growth. I'd give it a little bit more time. Know that your growth has started. End of the month. End of the month before Easter. That's what I would do, Janet. Okay, that's Janet who's coming on a text on 8133, popped Essex on the front. Maria we're talking to now. Maria, what do you think about these green eggs? It's Helen, if you like. Oh, hello, Helen. Are you talking about <laughs> green eggs? Yes, I am. Hello, In Helen. In actual fact, I picked up on it straight away because... Well, you're ahead of me then, aren't you? So what? Well, I mean, well, I've never seen anything like it since, but a few years ago, when I went down to open my greenhouse in the yep. summertime, yep. I had a small old table outside with a few plants on it. Mm-hmm. And I clapped eyes on this horrible-looking spider. It wasn't very big, but it was a luminous. And it had its eyes on the end of these stalks. And I thought, oh. And I, I took a closer look, and it leapt at me. Well, I jumped back immediately. And I was quite horrified. And I come rushing back indoors, got my husband to come down and have a look. Well, it had gone. And I've <laughs> never seen anything. I won't, He thought I was bonkers. But I, honest to God, I saw it. And directly I heard that lady talking about it. I thought, oh, it's one of those spiders. It was horrible, it was. It really gave me the creeps. So you, we believe then that it's a spider? Mm, but whatever spider, God knows. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, that's nice to hear. Um, <laughs> something else I'll have to look up when I get home, won't I? Yeah. Hey? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your call, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, it's a spider that's harmless. Let's go for that. Shall we, Helen? Yes, that would be a good idea, actually. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much for your call. It's nice to Bye. know. And if, if anybody else has got any suggestions on those green, green round things all clustered together, give us a call on 0300 200 40 41. That's 0300 200 40 41. We'll have the travel in a minute, but it's time to just do a couple more of your texts. And this is from Angela in Tolsbury. Angela says, is it time to cut back ferns? Do you treat all ferns the same way? Well, the answer is, if they're an evergreen fern, the answer is no. If they're a deciduous fern, you would be you normally cover, let the fern lay over the top until they start to grow. When you see the new fronds start to appear, that is the time to remove all the dead and clear it away. They've just started to show growth, but they're not very much ahead at the moment. I would watch the weather for the next couple of weeks, Angela, and do it then. As for evergreen ferns, you just cut off any damaged or dead-looking leaf from the side and you can do that right now there's not a problem at all with that don't forget we got a line free at the moment on 0300 200 40 41 that's 0300 200 40 41 and if you've got any ideas on those green green eggs i'd like to hear from you uh sylvia from ashingdon called in and she's saying is it too early to put my evergreen shrubs out so I don't know what evergreen shrub you've got, but they should have been out anyway because you, evergreen shrub is new, normally pretty hardy. So, Sylvia, get it out, plant it out, get it in a container. If you're putting it in a container, use something like uh, an, a John Innes number three, and uh, that would be what I would do. We're going to be... Let's just nip 
to the text from Leslie as well, and then we'll go to Vicky Carter at the, at the uh, travel. But before that, let's look at this. Can you help? I have a Berberus that looks dead. When I scratch the bark, it does seem to still be alive. It has a sort of yellowy yellowness underneath the bark. But for the last nine months or so, it hasn't had hardly any leaves, flowers or berries on it. Can I rejuvenate? Yes, you can. Take a risk. This is what I do, Leslie. Take a risk. Cut the blooming thing down hard. I don't know how big it is, but cut two thirds of it away. And then, and then what you need to do then is give it a damn good feed all the way around the plant with something like Grow More. Fork it in lightly. And as it grows, perhaps give it a bit of liquid feed like a maxi crop or something like that to get it going. So they are. Leslie answered. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Well, we'll be back to your calls, texts, emails shortly, but let's take a final look at the top tips that we've got for this week. Fish. Fish in the ponds. Yes, that's what you want to do, is start feeding them. You'll notice they're getting a little bit hungry because they come up to the surface and they're looking for food. So just stop. Be careful not to overfeed at this time of year and only feed if they take the food. Don't keep throwing it on the, on the, on the pond at all. See that the fountains and waterfalls are all running properly and that the pumps are nice and clean. Um, that's what you need to do at this time of the year. So they are. See that they're all running well. And the pond will end up being a much better pond if you clean the pumps and you start off the season before that strong sun comes and keep that water nice and clean. If you've got too, too much weed, it's a good time to take that out, but be very careful that you put it into a bucket and see that there's no uh, newts or frogs in it that you need to let back into the pond. There you are, a few tips on ponds. Talking of feeding, great time to start feeding your shrubs. They get forgotten just because they're sitting there in the garden growing, they get left. Don't leave them. Give them a good feed. Blood, fish and bone is good. You sprinkle it on the surface then lightly fork it into the, into the ground and that will work. Or you can just use good old Grow More. That will work as well. So there are. There's a couple of things that you can be getting on with. And now let's get straight back to your gardening questions. Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. And we go to Donald from New Eltham. Hello, Donald. What can we do Hello. for you, sir? Good morning. Uh, strawberries. Yeah. I have a square raised bed with about 50 strawberry plants, various um, types. Right, but, lovely. Um, I rather neglected them during the winter with through mm -hmm. to ill health. Yeah. But um, they seem to be around, alive. But if I spend some time picking over the dead leaves and any that look rough, Yep. Uh, and I fed them with um, fish blood and bone yep. and gently hand-forked it into the soil. Mm -hmm. Do you think I'll get a crop this year? You will indeed. And in fact, you're doing what you've just suggested is what I, I was looking at what, what you might say about your strawberries. You said they've been neglected. That is what you do. Get rid of all the rubbish leaf off them. Anything that's damaged or dying. Be careful, though, when you pull it off, because you can just pull it off with your hands. You don't have to cut it off. You can usually pull it off with your hands. But hold the crown of the plant in left hand and pull it off with the right. That's what mm -hmm. I normally do. Uh, you're quite right to give it a good feed. Um, I'm wondering whether... You 
said blood fish and bone that's quite slow reacting where are we going yeah no you'll be all right with that that would work or something as simple as grow more and but see you don't dig too close to the plant because you're 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 sort of muck about with the roots which you don't want to do and then the other thing if they've been a bit neglected come once you see the new growth coming give them a bit of a boost by giving them something like a maxi crop over the top, that's a seaweed-based fertiliser. It doesn't have to be maxi crop. Seaweed-based fertiliser across the top, and right. you'll find that that will finish them off and give them a really good spurt into growth. And I think oh. you'll have a brilliant crop this year. Oh, good. This is their second year, usually. Yep, yep. Yeah. Look after them. Oh. Let us know how they get on, Donald, yeah? Thank you very much. Pleasure. That's Donald from New Eltham. And we go to Chris from just up the road in Chelmsford. What would you like to know, Chris? Oh, hello, Ken. Brilliant programme. Always listen to it. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, yeah, regards mushrooms. Now, if I bought one of those mushroom kits, as it were, yes, and, and raked it into a, into the into the ground and covered it slightly or something, do you reckon they'd grow in the garden? Uh, no, temperatures are wrong, really. You're, you'd be unlucky to be able to do that. It would be unlucky. Um, they grow normally on rotting material, you see, which is right. why when you get them, you get not, well, you sometimes get a mushroom, but you get toadstools, which are all the same idea, on new lawns where old debris is underneath the lawn. And it's the mm-hmm. same principle. I think you'd be very, very lucky indeed if that happened. So I'd best just buy the kit and do what they say. Yeah, and in fact, Tim, who, who looks after us at weekends, our editor, he's grown mushrooms very successfully off a, off a, off a kit, and uh, uh, he's growing oyster mushrooms, which are really good, he tells me. So they are. Yeah. The kits are worth trying. Yeah? Okay, thank you very much, mate. Thank you, thank you Chris. And I just wanted to mention that Millie in Benfleet has uh, called in and said that Yvonne's eggs could be the grass snake. So they are, there's another idea for us. It could be the grass snake. So there's another idea. I hope Yvonne is listening and taking it all in and perhaps she can look up what is what. Audrey from Haybridge has given us a call. Uh, what are we talking about, Audrey? Um, patio fruit trees. Yeah, what would you like to know? I bought two trees in December, mm-hmm. um, repotted them into John Innes 3. Good girl. The, one's a cherry, one's a plum. The cherry is showing plenty of growth. Yep. The plum hasn't moved at all. Right, you'll find a cherry. A cherry is an earlier one than a plum. Which plum you got? Uh, Victoria. Victoria, yep. Yeah. The Victoria plum will not show growth as quickly as the cherry. The cherry is the first thing to show signs. The Victoria is not as early flower as the cherry. Oh, I don't know which, which cherry you got. Do you know? Um, Heartland. Oh, yeah, that's okay. That's a good one. No, you'll find it's growth. Now, if you're worried, I would wait a couple of weeks and then just scrape the bark to see whether it's green underneath. If it's brown underneath, it's dead, and then you can go back to the people where you bought it and say, it has not survived, can I have a new one? Mm-hmm. Yeah? But if, I would reckon that it's just, it's slow in acting. I wouldn't worry too much. Oh, good. Um, and feeding it, I feed with uh, a potash? Yeah, potash-based food, something like a tomato food or a granular potash food. That would do oh, both of them fine. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. OK, Audrey from Haybridge, thank you very much. And we go to Leslie from May- Mayfield, is it, in Sussex? Hello, May- Leslie. Mayfield. Mayfield, hello, and how can I help Morning. you? Um, two and a half years ago, I brought back 
four, well, I pinched them really, four hibiscus cuttings. Oh, um, you didn't. Naughty girl. And they were, they're about four inches long. Now they're about 18 inches high. They've got really right. nice woody stems and they're doing really well. Where did um, you I bring them back? Where did you bring them back from? Pardon? Where did you get them from, the, the, the cutting? Is it in... Zira. Right, okay. So it, was it the large flowered hibiscus? Not, Did it? Yeah, so it, yeah, it's quite large. Yep, quite okay, large, right, say. sorry, I'll keep but going. Then, but then I, I picked one of each colour. Anyway, <laughs> hey-ho. Um, my, my, my question is, I've got them in pots indoors and I've repotted them. Can I put them outside? Because right. I live outside in Madeira, but... Right. The the varieties you've got might not be hardy. There are some larger flowered varieties that we're now growing in this country, but I can't tell whether yours are. They're not so likely to be because you've obviously brought them back from Madeira. Yeah, um, this, yeah the, the, this was my query from a warmer climate to this one. Yeah. What I you could... I don't want them in the house anymore. <laughs> no. What, well, keep, keep, them in, keep them in the house till about April and middle of April. Okay. When the worst of the frosts are over, I would tip out the one that's too tall to try and make it branch if it's not going to branch. Okay. Yeah. Take the nip, nip the tip out, grow them in large pots, and then try and look after them through next winter. We can advise you how to look after them, put against a warm wall, and perhaps put fleece around them. But you just okay. come back to us in October time. Well, hopefully, you can come back to us before then and let us know how you're getting on. The first time I've heard your programme. Ah, well, listen again, Leslie, and uh, just come back to us. That's what we're here for. We're here to answer your gardening question. Come back to us in later on in the year. We'll tell you how to nurture them on. How big a pot are they in now? Um, oh, about about a nine-inch pot. Yep. Don't take them out in the nine-inch pot at the moment because I think you'll get them through to the autumn in that size pot. But see, okay. they don't dry out. Okay. Lovely. Yes. Smashing. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Leslie, for your call. They are Leslie in Mayfield in Sussex, first time caller. Nice to hear from her. Um, Barbara in Hawkwell. Hello, Barbara. Hello. Um, I've got a problem. I think the plant I've got needs feeding. Yep. I did. I had it a couple of Christmases back. Yeah. Um, from family, and it's it has little um, but little little yellow. But, um, Flowers? No. Um, oh. Berries? Berries, yes. And, and do they, they go? go do they go orange? Yes. Well, they go red and orange. Yes. Right. I think you've got selenium. Probably. Yeah. What do you want? What do you would you like to know about it? How do I feed it? Because the the leaves now yep. are looking really sad. Okay. Um, we had that snow. I know, but. Um, no, 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 the rest of my plants are okay. Now, selen- really- right, selen- if it is a selenum that you're describing, they're not 100% hardy, so it will have had a bit of a shock. However, it should, with a bit of luck, go through the winter because it's had snow over the top of it and it'll be fine. All you need to do at the end of the month is give it a blooming good feed. All right? Well, yeah, but what with? Give it a liquid feed, any good liquid feed. Right, uh, tomato? Yep, that'll do it fine. Oh, I was wondering about that. Yeah, see, you got it right, didn't you? All yeah, right. Thank you very much. That's a pleasure. <laughs> okay, that, that's uh, Barbara from Hawkwell. Uh, now, let me just look at this is um, quite an interesting one that we've had here, which is Andy and Onga. Yvonne's green eggs are from a green orb weaver, weaver spider. That's what he suggests. So they are. There's another one for you. Um, now we just go to um, 
a couple of emails I'd like to get through as well. And uh, we've got one from Marion Charles, who was given a, a husband, bought her a, a lovely olive. Uh, she's kept it. Uh, she was away on an extended holiday. You had an extended holiday. You can't do that if you've got a plant. She left it down a passageway with a perspex roof. And when she's come back, OK, her grandson watered it a few times. But the branches look a bit brown. Uh, lots of the leaves have fallen off, which they often do at latter end of the winter so that's nothing to too worry about she says she's got some new tips coming so actually hopefully you're listening marion don't worry about it um that sounds fine to me um i don't she's potted it up you've done all the right things and i think that that will come back to life quite happily all you need to do as well is um is feed it as well uh give it a good feed that's really quite important to give it a good feed um, as we come through into the spring. You also are asking about Stiper gigantica, which is golden oats. Now, golden oats is one of the grasses that is a green one. You said it's rotted a bit in the middle. They do sometimes. Um, what I would do is a bit similar to what you're doing, actually. Give it a haircut, pull away all the rotten uh, dryish leaves as we go through this month. I'm leaving my grasses for a couple of weeks more to see what the weather does before I actually do anything to them, but that's what I'm going to do. So they are pull out that dead leaf and work on it that way. Uh, they do get straggly, so work on them, cut them back a bit, tidy them up. Marion Charles from Hoddesdon, hopefully that has helped you. I also had a little note from. Uh, a lady who talked about her veg truck, uh, that is Sue Bannum from West Mersey. She sent me a picture of her lettuce and most of the lettuce in her truck have survived the, the uh, survived <laughs> through the frost as well. So they are, it just shows you the frost and everything else has been quite, quite good to them because in fact snow does act really as it acts as a bit of a blanket, so there's not really a problem. Uh, Pat in Whittam sent a quick text, and she says, Hello, Ken, is it too early or too wet to scarify the lawn? Only scarify a lawn if it is dry enough. And what that means is that if it's spongy and wet, don't scarify it. If it's at all muddy, push your foot into it. If it goes gungy, don't scarify. It is not too early to scarify. It is purely dependent on the weather. Charles... Uh, Charles, uh, Charles sent me a, a note as well on email about his 15-foot-high uh, rhododendron, and uh, he says it's drooping a bit. It looks undernourished and underfed and underwatered. That's all the problem seems to be. It's as simple as that. So all you have to do there is... I'd trim it back a little, try and encourage a, a, a bit of new growth. And then, if I were you, what I would do then is give it a good liquid feed. So a good liquid feed over the top of it, something like a maxi crop, a seaweed base feed. Do that, a couple of weeks' time, then a fortnight after, then a fortnight after, and off we go. The Ken Crowther Gardening Podcast. Answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. And if you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you wherever you go via our website, bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. Next week, my guest will be Tom Cole from Brittle University College. Don't forget... If you have a gardening question for us, 
why not give us a call on 0300 200 4041 and be part of the programme. Yes, every Saturday morning on BBC Essex from 11. The Ken Crowther Gardening Podcast. Answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex.